Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Edmonton was high on my list. Um, they got a lot of skill up front, and I think they have a bright future ahead. I still don't have a Stanley Cup, so I think joining this team is pretty exciting. Uh, when I look at the potential that the lineup has, my decision was uh, pretty easy, obviously, with those high-caliber players they have on their roster, and just being in the hockey city uh, made my decision real easy. This is Ryan Eugene Hopkins. This is Oscar Platt. This is Malala. This is Cam Talbot. This is Connor McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers. This is oil country. And this is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. Now, Bob Stoffer on the official radio station of your Edmonton Oilers, 630 Shed. Great song, love it. Hard Sun. This is Oilers Now. Bob Stoffer with you. Hope you had a terrific weekend. Uh, was not a great weekend for the uh, Edmonton uh, sporting community. Uh, jam-packed edition of Oilers Now coming up for you. Brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex. Trusted by 630 Chad. Visit their new e-commerce site, orders, supplies, printers, and more at digitex.ca. Coming up on today's edition of Oilers Now, it is Monday. That means John Shannon with a global look at the world. From uh, NHL Hockey on Rogers, he'll slide in 1235 after we recap Saturday night's Oilers loss to the uh, Nashville Predators, the best team in the National Hockey League right now. And uh, get to NHL today, a little bit of CFL talk on today's edition of Oilers now as well, given the plight of the Edmonton Eskimos and the position that they're in. Because you know what? If you're from here, you grew up loving the team. And so you're going to talk about it. Uh, We are also going to go heavily interactive in the second hour of Oilers Now. It's 780-496-0063. 
Uh, you can reach us on a River Cree Resort Casino hotline. They've got comedian Tracy Morgan at the River Cree Resort Casino. That's November 17th. Tickets at Ticketmaster.ca. And you can text us at 630-630. It is brought to you by Heartland Ford. Just 20 minutes from downtown Edmonton in Fort Saskatchewan, Heartland Ford. Drove out there. Beautiful dealership, let me tell you. All right, uh, lots to get to, as we said. Uh, you can tweet us at Oilers now. Tweet me personally, Bob underscore Stafford. Tweet Brendan at Brendan Escott. Brendan, you have a good weekend? Sure did. It would have been nice if we had a couple of victories to talk about today, but, you know, such is life. Yeah, well, uh, as sometimes in the radio business, it's been my experience over the last, uh, you know, 16, 17 years hosting shows like this that uh, losses are just as good as wins to fire up the uh, uh, the fan base. Let's go to our Oilers Now Audio Vault for direct workwear. On the job, you need the best. And in Edmonton or online, the best is Direct Workwear. Huge selections of garments, accessories, and women's gear. Direct Workwear, where safety meets savings. Online at directworkwear.com. Oilers shut out by the National Predators. Jack Michaels with the call. The Edmonton Oilers at 3-2. and two. The Nashville Predators, last year's President's Trophy winners. It's a hockey night in Edmonton. And all of a sudden, it's two-on-one shorthanded. Subban walks in, shoots, and scores. Shorthanded goal, Nashville. P.K. Subban. Arvidsson fields the pass, and now it's an on-man rush. Arvidsson to the net, shoots, and scores. And the Preds score on the back end of an Oiler power play. Shot Nugent-Hopkins redirected. And then McDavid tried to bank it off Soros, and it slid through. One-timer, Bouchard, shot blocked. Bouchard again, wrist shot, save Soros, rebound loose. McDavid, Soros the save, still loose in the blue paint, and now it's waved off. Oilers have fired 30 shots in this game, 17 in the third period, and UC Soros, as he did last December, when he turned aside 46, has stopped them all. The Nashville Predators have won five in a row. They're an NHL best, 7-1 overall in the season, including 4-0 on the road, and that streak that dates back to March of 2014 lives on. All right, so uh, you know what? Uh, the Oilers lost to a better team on Saturday night. They had roughly a bad 90-second stretch, and that cost them the hockey game. Uh, second power play in it, bit of a misplay from Jujar Kara, who has had a very tepid start to the season, to say the least. Um, out on the ice, didn't uh, make a play at the blue line. Preds broke in on a two-on-one. Subban ripped one home. And then uh, 90 seconds later, the Oilers, the puck went high off the glass. I thought it might have been a blown line change, but upon further review, watching the video, I I think a couple guys lost sight of the puck, and that created a three-on-two, and the Preds capitalized. Oilers had a good push in the third. They didn't get great inside pressure on Nashville. Here's Oilers head coach Todd McClellan after the game with his thoughts on the 3-0 loss. I I thought we played... uh... A pretty hard, solid game. Not enough offense, but we checked, we uh, we skated, we battled. We had a better start. Um, you know, that two-minute phase in the in the second period really hurt us. I didn't think our power play was quite as sharp either. We uh, we were the best penalty killers on the ice in those situations. We killed a lot of our own plays until the last one where we had some chances. So, uh, but you know, on nights where. Uh, the big guys don't get on the scoreboard. Sometimes you got to get a, a bounce from a uh, uh, an unusual suspect, and we didn't quite get that tonight. 
All right, uh, Todd McClellan then added some more thoughts on the power play, and it, it's interesting on the power play just because we got the Pittsburgh Penguins coming into town last year. Just to put things in perspective, it just doesn't matter of interest. Phil Kessel, 42 points on the power play. Not bad. On route to a 92-point season. Penguins were at 26% last year. Right now, Connor McDavid's got more power play points. Uh, the Penguins, like Edmonton, have just played six games each. But he's actually got more power play points. He's got three power play goals already, Connor McDavid. He's got more power play points than uh, Kessel or Malkin or Crosby to start uh, the year. In fact, he's got as many power play points as Crosby has points through the first six games and a grand total of five. But the power play obviously did not get it done against Nashville. Again, here's Todd McClellan. We just worked sharp. Um, you know, there was a number of times where it was on our tape and we gave it back to them. Now, they, they're positionally sound. They got uh, some sticks and some passing lanes. Uh, maybe where we could get away uh, against other teams with those types of sloppy plays, we weren't able to do it tonight. So um, you have to give credit to them. They've, uh, they've got a very, real good team over there. They're confident when they, they do get on the penalty kill. and uh, We just weren't sharp enough. Saros was very good. Back-to-back shutouts now against the Edmonton Oilers at Rogers Place. Here's Milan Lucic on good, not always being good enough. I just think our sharpness wasn't there. I think our effort was there and our legs were going, but uh, just, you know, maybe overstick handling it at times. And, um, you know, like I said, just the sharpness on the tape-to-tape passes weren't, weren't there today, but... You know, I thought our effort was uh, was pretty good, but you know, sometimes good isn't good enough, uh, especially against the elite teams in the league. Adam Larson then added these comments on the Oilers moving past the loss. We had a strong team game, but obviously we had some breakdowns and it cost us the game. And, uh, it's been the story too many times, but uh, we can't get down. I, I think we got a really good good group here, and moving forward. Uh, Look forward right now. It's Adam Larson of the Emerson Oilers. So the Preds win. Uh, I'll pose this question right now, and again, you can text us at 630-630 for our friends at Heartland Ford. Here we go. Tell me this. Has anybody in the league got a better top four defense than the Nashville Predators? Because they can all move the puck. Right? You sit there and take a look at it, and you're... Rolling out Matias Ekholm and P.K. Subban. And then Roman Yossi and Ryan Ellis. Like three of those four guys are not huge guys, but they can all really transition the puck. Does Nashville have the best top four defense in the NHL? I think they do. I know last year folks in Calgary thought they were going to have the best top four defense, but uh, that even as good as Mark Giordano is, not the case. So let me know what you think. Text us at 630-630. Because I thought that was... That team right now, I mean, the Oilers have dropped 13 straight games against Nashville. Connor McDavid has been limited against Nashville. He's only got seven points now in 10 career games against the Preds, which tells you they're pretty good. Don't think there's any question about that. Uh, A couple other thoughts. It's not just that they've got the top four defense. I mean, they got two right-handed centers in their first two spots, which means face-offs become a challenge for the likes of McDavid and Drysaddle as lefties going up against, say, Johansson and Kyle Turris. I thought Evan Bouchard, and I know he went dash two in the game, but I actually thought he was pretty good in the hockey game. I think he showed a lot of poise 
And it just makes you wonder, and nobody in oil country wants to hear the phrase, patience, I get it, right? But if you look at the price point that the Oilers have Larson on and the price point they have Clefbaum on, those guys over the last three games have upped their play quite a bit. Um, Nurse is a developing player. And I, I think Bouchard, I'm going to stand by it. He's got a chance to be the best of all those guys. They have the makings of a potential top 40, not quite on the level, obviously, of Nashville, but better than some of the other teams around the league. So, uh, and that does not include a guy like Caleb Jones, who I think played 23, 24 minutes on the weekend down in the American Hockey League, or Ethan Bear, who many of you are excited about uh, moving forward. I actually think that Jones might have a higher ceiling than Ethan Bear, believe it or not. Uh, but that's my perspective. Uh, anyhow, interesting. Uh, as for the Preds, I mean, Jack brought this uh, topic up during the course of the game. Now that the Washington Capitals have won the Stanley Cup, or the Nashville Predators, that organization's that it's the best team that hasn't won the Stanley Cup. They got the best record in the NHL right now. They're six and one. The Oilers didn't get blown out. They were right there with the Preds. Again, bad two-minute window. But for those of you that want to go down the negative route, you can say, well, can't beat the good teams and, you know, need changes here, yada, yada, yada. Others would say, no, just let's keep going here and see what you got. This weekend's going to tell us a bit. We have Pittsburgh coming in and Washington. They play completely differently than Nashville, both teams. Both teams like to get up and after it. Uh, the Penguins have won all four matchups the last two seasons with uh, McDavid going head-to-head against Crosby. Even though McDavid's totally outscored Sidney Crosby, Pittsburgh has found ways to win. Uh, last year, they won in Edmonton 3-2. to That was after they won 2-1 in overtime earlier in the year in Pittsburgh. A 2-1 game, Kessel busted in, and uh, the Oilers had Milan Lucic out there in three-on-three, and uh, Kessel beat Lucic on a a, a play back in the Oilers' zone after Edmonton had just missed a scoring opportunity. McDavid had actually tied that game late against Pittsburgh to send it to OT, and then the game in Edmonton, uh, the Oilers actually went up 2-1 on a bit of a fortuitous break. Some of you would remember this play, but the puck ricocheted off his skate, went right to Connor McDavid, and he uh, walked... Uh, both defensemen, including Chris Letang, and then dropped a backhand back to Leon Dreisaitl, who drilled one home and was 2-1 at Edmonton. I remember Letang yelling at the refs, come on, he's good enough, he doesn't need your help too. Uh, But the Penguins were able to tie it and eventually win it uh, 3-2 in the third period. So this will be a tough matchup again for the Oilers. The Penguins, by the way, are skating today in Banff and then flying into Edmonton tonight for the game tomorrow. So... Uh, should be a fun one tomorrow at Rogers Place. And the Washington Capitals, I mean, they are just, they're trading chances. The defending Stanley Cup champions, they're playing a, a, a different style, not quite as much structure under Barry, uh, you know, with Reardon, Todd Reardon instead of uh, Barry Trotz. A little bit more open, there's going to be chances in those two games. That's kind of how Winnipeg played. Winnipeg played an open game. So a couple other thoughts just from the game Saturday night. Thought that... Uh, Zach Cassian was an impactful player, got on the forecheck, belted some guys. Thought Kyle Brodziak had his best game as well for uh, the Edmonton Oilers uh, Hockey Club since uh, returning for his second tour of duty. Strom, Lucic, those guys, the possession metrics are there. They've got, they just haven't scored five on five. And the Oilers are going to need somebody to score other than Connor McDavid or be involved in the scoring. Of course, Ty Ratty uh, did not play against Nashville. Oilers yesterday recalled Cooper Marody 
and the team skated today at Rogers' place on the uh, community arena. And so on that note, here's what they rolled with. Connor McDavid uh, continues to be up front with Ryan Nugent Hopkins and Kyler Yamamoto. Leon Dreisaitl is with Tobias Reeder and Yasapol Yarby. Ryan Strom with Milan Lucic and Cooper Marodi. Marodi had two goals and an assist and a loss to San Diego. American Hockey League action Saturday night. Uh, Brodziak was with Kara and then Cassian and uh, Jason. And then the other guy was, uh, Kajula was actually out with the, the first two groups, but it looks like uh, I'd be surprised if he uh, is ready to come back yet. On defense, Clefbaum, Larson, Nurse with Russell, and uh, Garrison played with uh, Bouchard Saturday. My expectation is we'll see Gravel. I don't know if that's been made officially yet by the orders, but I'd be surprised if Kevin Gravel did not play tomorrow night against Pittsburgh. So that's what Edmonton went with in practice today, which was at the uh, community uh, rink. Which is exactly 21 minutes from the 6.30 Chet Studios, by the way. Now that I've done it five times. 12.22 at Edmonton. You can text us at 6.30, 6.30. Brendan, you mentioned tough weekend for the uh, Edmonton uh, sporting teams. Watched the Edmonton Eskimo game Friday night. Uh, was not surprised that BC took that game over in the second half. Why would I be all season on the road, second half of games, the opposition teams have made their adjustments and they've owned the second half. And that's why the Eskimos are in the position that they're in, which is on the outside looking in. They're still technically not done, but Winnipeg's got two chances at it, two cracks at it to eliminate the Eskimos from a playoff in a year in which the Eskimos organization and Edmonton is hosting the Grey Cup. Um, The Grey Cup is sold out. Edmonton's got tremendous football fans. Subtly, I will tell you that I still keep a pretty close eye on it. Maybe not quite as close as I did in the days of total sports, but I talked to a lot of people in the football community, which is very, what's the term I would use? Well, they're certainly not together. Between the Eskimos, the U of A, and then the two junior teams, the Wildcats and the Huskies, and uh, it's, it's tough trying to explain why you think we should only have one junior team in town and how it better because uh, they never want to hear it the guys of the Wildcats and the Huskies but I, st- I still think that uh, a real leader would find a way at a presidential level to have everybody pulling the rope in the same direction um, Hugh Campbell eh? number one focus when he was around winning did what it was needed to do uh, to uh, win also understood you're only as good as your worst Canadian in the Canadian Football League. Obviously, one thing that's changed, you have a salary management system today that did not exist when Campbell was the GM of the Eskimos for all those years, present GM of the Eskimos on the football side. Back then, the Eskimos just uh, bought the best Canadian free agents. Now you have to draft and develop. And uh, that said, there's a cap on the players, but there's not a cap on research and development. And the Eskimos, in my mind, should be outspending other organizations on scouting because they've got more money than other organizations to do it. Be intrigued to see what happens here moving forward. I really hope Winnipeg loses to Calgary and then the Eskimos beat the Bombers at home to find a way to get into the crossover spot in the Eastern Conference for their sake. I hope that happens. Otherwise, uh, I think we're headed down an inevitable path. And hey, let's not be stupid here. The show's called Oilers now and Oilers need to have some success as well. It'll be the same scenario. 1224 at Edmonton. When we come back, uh, we will go off to a Brandon Escott NHL edi- Today edition for our friends at Elite Promotional Marketing. More than just sportswear. This is Oilers Now. 
Hi, this is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chad. Wow, Ryan Nugent Hopkins and ATB. Because if I'm not mistaken, Ryan actually does some stuff with uh, ATB, uh, with John Winwick and Chris Noble and their gang, of course. ATB heavily involved with the Edmonton Oil Kings. This is 1228 Edmonton. We're going to head off to NHL Today. It is brought to you by Elite Promotional Marketing. Here's Brendan Escott. The Carolina Hurricanes have activated goaltender Scott Darling off the injured reserve and assigned him to the American Hockey League for a conditioning stint. So they're going to continue to roll with Curtis McElhenney and Peter Morazic in goal. Seth Jones will make his season debut tomorrow night against the Coyotes after missing the first seven games of the season with a knee injury. Couple notes from the weekend. Islanders owner uh, Charles Wayne passed away at the age of 74 and the Ducks retired Paul Correa's number nine last night. Bakersfield Condors fell 5-4 to the San Diego Gulls on Saturday night. Cooper Marodi, you mentioned it, Bob, had a pair of goals for the Condors. Al Montoya taking the loss between the pipes. Oil Kings got off the schneid finally. Their uh, losing skid moved to eight games with a loss on Friday at home. They rebounded on Saturday against the Kootenai Ice, winning 6-3. Trey Fix-Wolanski led the way with two goals and an assist, and Andre Pavlenko had a pair of goals as well. And it took overtime in both games, but the U of A Golden Bears came away with back-to-back victories in a home-and-home series against the Mount Royal University Cougars over the weekend. They won 3-2 and then 4-3. Luke Phillip had a pair of goals on Friday. Curtis Miske had two on Saturday. They host UBC this Friday and Saturday at the Claire Drake. Luke Phillip Phillip is the reigning Canada West Player of the Year. He's going to be out the next couple of weeks. Suffered a bit of an injury early in Saturday's game for Alberta, who's banged up up front. It's 12:29. Off to a global uh, news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. When we come back, John Shannon from NHL Hockey and Rogers. Oilers now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio 6:30. Chad.